Who's wrong and who's wronger? In this corner, followed by Millions James, the exploding unicorn, Breakwell. And in that corner, ignored by Millions, Steve Dodge, Rinko Levers. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Wrong and Wronger. I would tell you what time it is where I am, but it starts with a six. And I'm over an hour from my house. And I'm fully dressed and showered. And I would tell you what time it is at Breakwell's house, but it almost starts with an eight, and he had to put on slippers and walk down a flight of stairs to get to where he's at. So I just want you to bear that in mind as a background contextual component to why I am like I am, and he is like he is. So James, regale the people with what a wonderful bluebird-filled morning you're having. Okay, first of all, you being the way you are has to do with being <laughs> dropped on your head as a baby. But wow. the, while you're specifically wow. right now, I offered to start recording with you early because I woke up at uh, before six. And I know that you wake up at oh like two my. in the morning because you're old and you can't sleep. And so what? I offered as a favor to you and your ge geriatric condition to go ahead and record early. And you said, yeah, sure, let me get gas. Three hours later, you finally call. <laughs> I didn't realize you had to go to the other side of the earth to get gas. I forgot that you live in the middle of nowhere and had to like flag down a tanker truck full of fuel and bribe it to come to your house. But now we're here and we can finally get back to the important stuff, which is talking about absolutely nothing. First of all, we don't flag down a tanker truck. We rob it on the fly <laughs> like a stagecoach in the Old West. <laughs> And I mean, second I, of all, I told you I was presently getting gas on my way into the office. You, you've got to understand, James, there are bases I touch like on a major league ball field to get from point A to point B. I can't just drive straight in. I would fall asleep at the wheel. So there are a number of pit stops that I make en route. Plus, as you pointed out, my geriatric condition requires that I pee several times an hour. And so that has to be dealt with on the way in, too. You, you just don't understand yet because you are still filled with the vivaciousness of youth. I'm not sure if getting old sounds terrible or if just being you sounds terrible. It's, it's hard for me to parse <laughs> out the difference. But thanks to these podcasts, I am now terrified of aging mm. in all of its forms. Uh, so I, can, I guess I can thank you for that crippling anxiety. Thank you, thank you Steve. You are a, a anti-psychologist, making me more and more phobic of the world around me. Well, be all of that as it may, James, we titled the last episode Triumphant Return. And uh, the, the returns from fans are, are pouring in, <laughs> pouring in. We were sorely missed in the lives of upwards of three people while we were absent for about a month, maybe a little more than a month. But uh, I don't know if you've read the comments underneath the YouTube video that you posted last night. This is a Thursday morning. That we're, I, I don't know what, it, it, Breakwell lives in an alternate reality. It's probably like almost Christmas where he's at. But uh, did you want me to read through the comments that we got on YouTube in just a few short hours? I would be delighted to hear those comments. Oh, Helen M.T., which I can only assume stands for Montana, one of my favorite <laughs> states in the Union, James, wrote, wrote out the word whoop with an exclamation point. Whoa. And then she said something that I doubt you've ever heard anyone say to you in your life. It is lovely 
to have you back. That is clearly a lie, but I, I appreciate it. You know, like when you're talking to a toddler, sometimes you got to say things you don't mean. So I, I appreciate them treating us with kid yes. gloves. I believe we have uh, outlined your basic philosophy on children and Santa Claus in the past. <laughs> Susan Bennett wrote, thanks for making my day. Wow. And uh, I'm sure that was specifically pointed at me, James. But we, we made someone's day. How terrible must her day be for us to be the highlight? Now I, I'm just sad for her in general and for the world as well. You know, now that I'm looking these over, I do notice that Judy P. is notably absent from the feedback list. You know, she works like a real job. She I think she walks around horses or something based on what she publicly yeah. posts. And like she's getting, getting in like 20,000 steps a day, walking giant yeah. beasts. Like that's something that you and I can't relate to. No matter which of our various tasks we're doing from our main hustles or side hustles, <laughs> we're really not hustling. We're sitting down in one spot. And she is out there working herself to the bone. And uh, she can't be expected to see wrong and wrong or the exact second it posts on a random Thursday morning. <laughs> you know, my son is working at Walmart in town over the summer, and he gets like 20,000 steps while he's at work, too. And I'm like, why aren't you dead? I, I don't understand how people can survive like that, James. When I hit 200 steps, I just lay down and shut down. I'm just done for the day. From then on, my children have to pull me around in a wagon. <laughs> well, uh, just uh, two more to get through. Actually, one more, and then a response, which uh, I think you will appreciate, given a part of what we talked about last week. Grace Kelly in Philly wrote, I'm pretty much, M I'm sorry, I'm pretty sure that MTV is still around, but they no longer play music videos. So she really gave us no information, James, because you and I had kind of arrived at the conclusion MTV is still around. By the way, I'm still looking for that dollar in the mail. Oh. And uh, K-Lover wrote back, <laughs> just, I, had to, I had to pull this response because he used a word that I haven't heard since the 80s. <clears throat> so she said, pretty sure MTV's still around, doesn't play music videos. Uh, it, it plays reality. I forgot what she followed up with, but Kay Lover's response to her was, and a million reruns of stunt shows and hoe bags on a beach. <laughs> I, thought, I don't know. I, I appreciate Kay Lover bringing back hoe bags because that's one that almost died in the annals of history. But there it is again for all to re, uh, regale and behold on YouTube. Well, there we go. We have we have measured our impact in the universe, and it is four. Not five, not three, but four. And uh, we can probably retire now. We, we, we have affected all the lives we can possibly reach, and, uh, and we've maxed out. So we had a good run, Steve. Well, I would call it four because we know that uh, lurking in the shadows is Judy P. So just because she hasn't responded doesn't mean she hasn't paid attention. I feel like we cannot take her goodwill for granted anymore. We've kind of, we've disappointed her so many consecutive times. I mean, every single time I have to tell her that due to you and only you, we don't have an episode in that week. It's like telling her that Santa isn't what? real. And after you crush her hopes that many times, I mean, she's got to, at some point, she's got to just protect herself. 
I'm having trouble remembering. Why didn't we record for five or six weeks just most recently? We took one brief hiatus because I can't uh -huh. manage my time and had to write a book in a month. We took uh -huh. all the other unexpected hiatuses <laughs> because of you. So your disappointments are like a reverse snow day where they just swoop in from nowhere and just shatter her hopes and dreams. Whereas mine was pre-planned. I could say in advance, look, there is going to be a stretch where we are off so that I can be miserable sitting at my computer pounding out this book. <laughs> so because I could treat her like an adult, there was no harm there. Whereas with uh -huh. you, you just, you're like a bull in an emotional china shop, just trampling wow. over everyone's feelings, wow. shattering their hope and joy and everything else. And uh, I don't think the people appreciate it. James, for work, I stamp out mental illness. I I'm like one of those dancers in a wine barrel that steps on the grapes in France. That's what I do with mental illness all day, every day. So I'm in a bull, I am a bull in a china shop of mental illness, just uh, ripping it to shreds, throwing <laughs> it away so that people can live healthier, happier, more productive lives. And you, you're like a, a dark cloud that it just uh, it penetrates people's silver lining all the time. And speaking of dark cloud and silver lining, did you warn Judy P ahead of time that we were going to take that hiatus? Or did she know when I knew when you sent the panic-stricken text, I can't do it anymore. We've had a good run. Goodbye, cruel world. And I talked you back off the ledge and said, James, it's not worth throwing it all away. We have fans. We have people who love you. I lied to you like your kid's and Santa Claus. But you know, did you warn Judy P? I can't remember who I texted when, okay? Let's, let's not go back and relive history. What I would like to do, though, is share <laughs> with you an epiphany I recently had. Uh -huh. And it's going to pay me to do this because it's kind of a nice thing to say, so you can just disregard that part. Oh. But I've, uh, oh. when, when, I, when my life fell apart and I realized uh -huh. I had to write a book in a month, I finally began <laughs> yes. looking at like the things I actually cared about because I shed them one by one, like getting rid of like, you know, the things I really didn't want to be there until I was finally down to like the very core of like, I can't bear to part yeah. with this. And I had to lose that as well. And yeah. wrong and wronger was one of the very last things I got rid of. And that might be because it only takes 25 minutes out of my week. So I had to be truly desperate to actually need literally 25 <laughs> extra minutes to hit that deadline. Uh, but it got to that point but as I was doing that I began to look at like what I, I figured out the line for things that I actually enjoy versus things that I tell myself I enjoy but I really don't and that hmm. line was when I'm doing it do I lose track of time or do I watch the clock so I did Ooh, I took a martial a arts class for, for three or four years and I told myself yeah. I liked it and in the moment I think I did in part in bits, but that whole time I was watching the clock to see when it was done. At school, I was watching the clock to see when it was done. But when I play board oh. games, I can lose five hours. I don't care what time it is. When I'm writing, I generally lose track of time, mostly because, you know, I'm I I have to get it done, so it doesn't really matter what time the <laughs> clock says. And with you when I'm talking with you, I I tend to lose track of time, other oh. than occasionally looking at the clock to make sure we haven't gone up to like 90 minutes. So as bad as this podcast is and as painful as talking to you is, apparently on some deep psychological level, I actually like putting myself through this punishment. And uh, that's a bad reflection on both of us. I, I don't see how I got dragged into that. <laughs> I think... I am like a little ray of sunshine in the, dark, the darkened room of your mind, James. Again... 
stamping out mental illness. Just one break well at a time. That's me. Yeah, but you, you haven't fixed me. Like, I'm, a, I'm like an anti-billboard for your establishment. You talk to me every week and it fixed nothing inside of me. Like, why would anyone hire you? I, you should probably bury this podcast and make sure no one ever sees it. James, first of all, there is nothing inside of you. I, I mean, in order to build a shed, you need some raw materials to work with, right? Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I've... Uh, ah. Man, so we had a 10 minutes uh, episode last week as well, which is exciting because it's one of the few things I I produce that my parents actually listen to. So I've been disappointing them by not putting that out for like six months. And uh, we we had an episode last week and uh, I lost my part of it. And we're past like we're, we're past the point where James's technical difficulties are endearing, and to the point where they're just deal breakers. I've had everything go wrong. I've swapped out software. I've swapped out hardware. I've swapped out everything. I finally paid ninety dollars for an external recorder to record as a backup. Jeez. So when my portion of that ten minute episode disappeared, I spent an hour looking for ten minutes of content, and when I couldn't find it, I went to the backup recorder and spent an hour trying to get the file off of that. And it turns out my my backup recorder is absolutely useless because oh, no. the file was on there, but it could yeah. not come off. It could not be exported in any way, shape, or form. So at the end of that, I threw away my ninety-dollar recorder. I was so mad. I just, oh. I was, but I didn't tell you immediately. I was like, you know, maybe I'll just spring the bad news on him during the episode. At least we'll get some extra content <laughs> over our lack of content. And then I ended up finding it. I ended up, I recorded it in the wrong program i i opened up audacity to record it in there but didn't actually click record on audacity i clicked record back on my video recording program and that's where i couldn't find it because i created a video file rather than an audio file in a completely separate program but anyway now what i'm doing is i'm using my wife's old phone as a backup recorder so now i i can't imagine any way that the future files will disappear like after that last technical snafu, it should be literally impossible for me to completely lose a file now, which is what I say when setting us up that I'm sure this episode will disappear completely. <laughs> In fairness to you, and far be it from me to ever defend James Breakwell, but because this show has been on for so long and technology has... It hasn't changed in a lightning strike. It's kind of morphed like a glacier moving across a <laughs> continent over time. We have had several incarnations of how we do this. And in fact, when we started all this, we didn't even have video. We did audio only, and then it, it has slowly changed. We've probably had four or five different uh, like video audio setups and configurations with software. Wouldn't you say that's probably accurate? I think so. You used to like have a, a soundboard or something. You'd move around wires and plug things in, and it still sounded terrible, <laughs> but it sounded very expensive, and you were very into it, so I, I let it roll. <laughs> well, that's how I record, record did in the past tense my other podcast, which is now deceased. So you say, you this, say uh, that, but they keep making you bring it back. It's... You know, that's another note. So I, like you, I had a lot of, you know, I had side Twitter accounts and various yeah. webcomics and all things. And I've, I've kind of narrowed down to the things that actually yield results, the things that actually sell books or get subscription money, the things that people actually see. Uh, but as yeah. you and I have shed the unprofitable parts of our empire, we've kept this the least profitable for either of us. <laughs> that's true. That's true. The commute did make some money every month. It wasn't a ton, but it was profitable. 
And uh, wrong and wronger, uh, as you are well aware, you know, we both split the cost for this <laughs> insofar as you send me a big check every two years. But uh, <laughs> this one is a complete in the red. Like there is no upside to wrong and wronger. I don't even know if this moves any of our product, James, because Judy P can only buy so much of our stuff, you know? It did get me, um, it it made one uh, publisher who bought the audio rights to my book. It, they, they paid me to record my own book based on this podcast. So ah. I turned a profit in that sense, but given those large checks I send you once every two years, I've probably canceled <laughs> that out by now. It also, like, so when I go to narrate the Substack stuff, oh, yeah. I mean, it, my wife is so hard on me. She's like, why do you sound so unnatural? Why do you sound, she's, she's very mean. It's, it hurts me deep inside. Wow. I, I just, and I tell her, like, I try so hard. I sit here and, like, I emote in order to get the right mindset. I make sure to flail and wave my hands as I record to get really into it. Like, in my mind, I'm putting emotion into it. To my ear, I'm putting emotion into it. And no matter how emphatic I get recording it, uh, she listens to it. And she's like, you sound dead inside. Why don't you just sound like you do when you record wrong and wronger? And I think, well, first of all, Wrong and Wronger is completely ad-lib, not reading from a script, so it sounds yeah. completely different. But also, I think she hasn't listened to Wrong and Wronger in probably five years, so she probably just doesn't <laughs> remember what I sound like on here. When we still had joy to do the show, yes. Well, I think the subtext to what you're saying, James, is that I bring out the best in you. I just... But I do love the line, why do you sound so unnatural? <laughs> That's awesome feedback. Yeah. I don't even know how you come back from that. I don't know. She said, well, and then she said, why don't you sound like you sound in your audiobooks? And my audiobooks yeah. readings could not be more dry. So I think it's just a matter of the problem is me, no matter how I sound. <laughs> but people do actually listen to the audio version of that because they don't want to read 2,000 words for the newsletter always. Like, let me, let me half listen to this while doing other things. So I have to record it. And recording it actually serves a valuable purpose for me too because it's the best form of proofreading out there. Like I could, I can go through Ooh, and have a, yes. my app read it back to me a million times and I'll still miss homophones and certain things. But when yeah. I go through and have to read each line perfectly with, with fake enthusiasm, I catch everything and go through and, and fix those typos so that I don't get 10,000 emails saying, ha ha, gotcha the next day. So it really, uh -huh. it, it helps me too uh, until I take that emotional damage where she uh, she insults my narrating abilities, and then I have to go into a closet and cry. Well, I, I wish you would record that, James, because finally you will get in touch with some emotion, and maybe your wife will look more favorably upon you in the aftermath. I hear that pity is good for a marriage, so I feel like this is good advice. Well, and nothing moves TikTok videos like crying and, and uh, being vulnerable online. So you could actually improve your Q rating among Gen Z if you recorded a little of that and put it on TikTok. Yeah, I'm, uh, you know, I'm trying to sell this book now. And apparently I saw, I saw a tweet earlier from somebody who they said that uh, their publisher had them making TikTok videos. They spent like 60 hours a week making TikTok videos for three what? months and sold 150 bucks. And I've been debating if I even wanted to create a TikTok account to share one video. And I think I've decided, no, I, I don't want to do that. So we'll just, I'll sell what I'll sell. I've joined, I've joined every social media network I'm going to join, and this is, this is it. And yes, there's like two people who went viral on TikTok and sold a million books. But for yeah. those two people, there are a million people out there who sold two books. Yeah. 
And I know that yeah. I'm on the two book side. So you know what? I'll save myself the 60 hours a week. Yeah, it's like when I opened my OnlyFans account <laughs> and uh, started posting more risque videos. Uh, the, the two dudes that I got paying the monthly subscription rate just wasn't enough to keep me going, James. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know if, if dudes ever succeed on that site or not. I just feel like heterosexual women are smarter than us and are not going to pay for things <laughs> like that. And I, I think that's what, well, and also in your case, no one, no living human being would pay for that. <laughs> So I just don't think it's going to work. But, uh, yeah, you know, no hate yeah. on anybody on OnlyFans. I, we all know I, I have prostituted myself out, not literally, but figuratively, <laughs> in every possible way on the Internet, trying to, trying to make this whole writing career work. So I, uh, I have no room to look down on anyone, except for you. I will always look down on you, regardless of context. Well, we do share a commonality in that your wife listens to your voice and says, why do you sound so unnatural? And Mrs. Steve looks at my boudoir photos and says, why do you look so unnatural? And so I do kind of understand. I'm assuming she means so unnaturally positive that uh, you should play Aquaman in the next movie, that kind of thing. That would be the kind of photo shoot that makes a photographer quit photography. I mean, just <laughs> They would go and they probably work at a school for the blind after that. They're just done with vision in general. Man, that would, I, you know, and I don't even know what you look like that much. I see like 10 seconds what? of you as I edit this because we all know I don't listen to it all the way through. I listen for the first no. five seconds to make the sound line up. I listen to the last five seconds to make sure I can cut it off at the right point. And that's yeah. it. And during that time, I can see you moving on the screen and I have to mm. hold up a hand to block out your part of it. And then I move on. I just, uh, I, I, I picture that I'm talking to, I don't even know, I just, I just, a, a, a void, a black void of nothingness. And that, and that kind of helps me keep the, keep the gag reflex at bay. <laughs> no, that's you staring deep into your soul. <laughs> With me, you're looking at the face of an angel. Like, uh, it's the brilliance, the radiance that's coming through the computer screen that nearly blinds you. That's what it is. And see, that's the kind of delusional, baseless positivity that I keep coming back for. That, that's why I'm here. Because I'm out here <laughs> feeling bad about myself because I'm a realist. And I talked to you and you were so upbeat with no basis for it. No possible justification. A guy who has every reason in the world to give up but just keeps going through sheer lack of self-awareness. And I, I got to admire that about you. Ah, ignorance is bliss. That's my <laughs> motto. More of a credo than a motto, even though I'm not sure what the difference is. It's like, what's the difference between a connoisseur and a raconteur? Because I am both of positivity. You know, the, the uh, lottery hit a billion dollars. Do my one, but I'm not going to check the ticket, you know, because I want to. I wanted to record with you one last time as a normal person. We've had a lottery episode before. I mean, we've had an everything episode. We've we've kind of scratched the bottom of the barrel for every type of content. But I was thinking today, I was like, what would Steve do if he won a billion dollars? Like, probably just use it to break even on the ranch. Like, you're so I far. Was under say, that might get me out of debt. It might, <laughs> but it, it it would at least get me close. Man, I just—I'd be the first. You'd make the make a billion dollars disappear faster than the federal government. You would—you uh, would be a sight to behold to give you a billion dollars and see what you did with it. And you know, at the end of it, I bet you still wouldn't have consistent electricity or plumbing on the ranch. I mean, just some things are cursed to the core, and no amount of money can fix it. 
Well, and the other part is, <clears throat> I don't know that I would even get to report back to you what happens to the money because I would have no idea what happened to the money. <laughs> Mrs. Steve would, while I was asleep, go into my wallet, pull that check out, and that would be the end of my relationship with that money. Yeah, I had to borrow money from my wife to buy the lottery ticket because I had exactly zero dollars in cash on my person. <laughs> and you can't you can't use a credit card to buy lottery tickets. You can't use a credit card for no, gambling, no. it turns out. So like times are yeah. hard, man. I had to I had to scrounge too. But here we are recording one last time before I check actually I'll check these numbers and find out I lost again. But that's okay, because that just yeah. means the jackpot will be two billion dollars when I finally do win. And that might Ooh. might almost well, be enough money to uh, to buy a a actual co-host I want. Well, you know, I can't even <laughs> pretend, Steve. I can't even pretend. I was going to go again about how I don't want to talk to you, but I, I told the truth. I'm here by choice because I have terrible standards, and for some reason, this is an enjoyable part of my life, and that kills me inside. Well, if everyone sees David Hasselhoff here next week, they'll know who won the lottery. <laughs> but I do have bad news, James. I do drive past a lottery, a Powerball billboard on my way in, and it got reset down to $20 million for Oh, yeah, somebody, somebody, somebody won. won, and it wasn't it, I'm always disappointed when somebody wins because I know it's not me. But all right, I had, I had fun fantasizing for one night. I got my, I got my three bucks worth, <laughs> maybe. Well, I hope that everybody in our listening audience, <clears throat> Judy Creek, got their money's worth today because we, we got to walk it out of here, James. Are you ready to close this thing? Yes, I didn't. I was not watching the clock. I didn't realize we were out of time, but please take us out of here. Oh, time breezes by when James is with his favorite person in the world, and uh, but he's here now today. I am Steve Olivas, Dr. Steve walking it back for James the Exploding Unicorn who still hasn't won the Powerball Lottery. Breakwell saying thanks for watching, thanks for listening. Lie to us about how wonderful we are this week because frankly it's all we've got. And until we meet again, remember two wrongs can make a right.